Hello. Thank you for downloading this sermon by Pastor Casey Helenchek. Casey is a missionary pastor with Village Missions. Currently, Casey and his wife Hope and their six children serve the Bangor Community Church and the surrounding area of Bangor, California. Village Missions exists to glorify Jesus Christ by developing spiritually vital community churches in rural North America. We now invite you to open your Bibles and journey with us. All right. Well, let's uh, go ahead and get started. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. And as uh, most of you know, uh, say every week, if you need a Bible or you know somebody who needs a Bible, uh, please see me after the service and we can get one into your hands. Um, Last week, we looked at the parable of the four soils. Uh, And in that, we saw four responses to the sowing of the seeds of the gospel. Once the gospel is sown on good soil, once it is received and the hearer repents and and believes in the gospel, a new life springs up. We see that the scriptures say that, that uh, that with a life in Christ, good fruit will be produced. Uh, the passage we're going to look at this morning, uh, Jesus is going to take a look at some of those things that flow from the new heart. Uh, we're going to see what it looks like to, to be in this new life in Christ. Uh, and the important thing that we need to remember is that we don't separate last week's passage from this week's passage. Uh, they are um, the two brief things that Luke is going to mention here this morning. They immediately follow what, what the parable that Jesus, uh, that Jesus gave us the parable of the four soils, uh, and it's important that we don't remove it from that context. Uh, Jesus says during the parables, uh, he, is, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. And this week we will see that we are to both listen well, we are to, to rightly hear, and we are to put that into action, to obey what we hear. Uh, so without further ado, we'll go ahead and read this morning's passage. We will be reading Luke chapter 8 verses 16 through 21. I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version, and I encourage you to read out of your preferred translation as you follow along. Uh, so Luke 8, 16 through 21, Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, records the following. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. God bless the reading of the word. Now on the surface, these two uh, brief little little sections here might uh, seem like they're completely separate, like they're completely different, that they don't have much in common. But what we're going to see here is that that's not the case. They're uh, put here purposely by Luke and purposely together. Uh, after we have received the, the seed of the gospel on good soil, we are changed. Uh, we are new creations, as Paul puts it. Uh, the Holy Spirit sparks the light inside of us. It changes our heart. Uh, it changes us from sinner to saint. 
Uh, and I love the way that God describes this process. Ezekiel 36, verses 26 and 27. God says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. God changes us from the inside out. And he helps us to reflect Christ uh, and Christ's saving grace and forgiveness uh, to the world around us. Uh, Starting with the people closest to us and, and flowing and rippling out from there. Christ is the light of the world, and we are to, to show that to all who, who come around us. Uh, the lamps that were common in these days, Jesus says, uh, to shine your light like a lamp, and you don't put it under a, a cover, you don't put it under a bed, um, but you put it on a stand so that all who enter may see. The lamps that were common in these days would give off little more light than a, than a big candle. Uh, they... Basically, that's what they were, was long-lasting candles. They used oil instead of wax, but that's, that's what they were, uh, especially in terms of the amount of light that they would give off. So inside the houses, when it got dark outside, uh, in order to get the most light, the most practical use of these lamps was to, to elevate them, to put them up uh, so that they were not covered, so that they were not obstructed, uh, they were not blocked in any way, but to put them high up so that the light that was given off would illuminate as much of the darkness as possible. And we look at, if we are to reflect the light of Christ, uh, it would negate everything if we were to cover it up, if we were to put it down and hide it under a bed, if we were to put it low to the ground, if we were to just do a little bit here or there, or, or maybe nothing, if we were to hide the light that shines inside of us, uh, it wouldn't do what we are called to do. The purpose of light is both to be seen and to make everything else seen as well. When we link this to the parable of the soils, we see that we have a clear and direct responsibility to sow good seed. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The gospel is how people are saved. The hearing of the gospel. There is no other way to be saved than to hear the word of God and to respond to it. But we have a responsibility to share it in a way that people are able and willing to hear it. We have a a responsibility to share the gospel, to share Jesus Christ, to share the good news of salvation in a way that people are willing to listen to us. The good news of salvation always requires words. It always requires us uh, to, to speak. But it also requires us to articulate in a way that people can hear. Uh, I, I saw a great quote by Paul Washer this past week. He says, there, there is no way to preach the gospel with your life. You can affirm the gospel with your life, but you cannot preach the gospel with your life. You can only preach the gospel by opening up your mouth and speaking forth the word of God. And we see this, that we are to live our lives according to the word of God. We are to love the people and preach the word. We are to to love those around us. We are to to bless those who persecute us, to love our enemies and to to share the good news uh, in in all the ways. And we are to live in a way that people are able to see that we are not just speaking words. We are to live in a way that shows that these words have power, that they can change uh, who we are 
and give them the opportunity uh, to listen and to have their hearts prepared to hear the word of God. Now, it is not our responsibility to make that change in them. We looked at that last week. It's God's responsibility to make the change inside of people, but it is our responsibility to obey him and to sow that good seed of the gospel. We are to make sure uh, that we make Jesus known and seen to all. Kent Hughes says that, that we are to shine the light in a way that those who hear it will be prepared for judgment day when all will be revealed. Jesus says in verse 17, he says, all things that are hidden, all secrets that are held, all of these things that we think nobody else can see, uh, all of it will be revealed in time. Uh, and all of it will be revealed at the end. This has many different layers of, of meaning to it. And of course, the, the first and most obvious is, is when we try to hide what we try to hide from each other, what we try to hide from ourselves, and, and even what we try to hide from God. Uh, all of us, um, we, we have that, that tendency, that desire to, to hold inside of us our sins and our, the state of our heart and the, the light inside of us. We don't want to, um, we have a tendency, a human tendency to shrink back when we're presented the opportunities to speak up. Uh, we, have, we have that desire to hide uh, from, from us, from ourselves, from others. And we, we may be able to temporarily, temporally uh, succeed at keeping these things hidden. But in the end, at the judgment, when Christ comes back, all things will be made known. One of the keys to this as well is that we fool ourselves and we do a really good job of that. Uh, hiding the truth from ourselves. Paul says in Romans that we suppress the truth with our unrighteousness. Uh, his context is that nobody has an excuse uh, to not know who God is. That he has revealed himself so clearly that when we deny who God is or deny God, it is our unrighteousness suppressing that truth within us. Uh, we fool ourselves in regards to our standing uh, in relation to the gospel. I've shared this number many times, uh, but over 75% of Americans consider themselves Christians. That number is higher than, than those who actually are. Many are wrong. They're thinking that their goodness or their lives will be good enough. Uh, they're thinking that their, uh, their abilities and their works, their deeds, will earn them enough favor with God to make it to heaven. We lie to ourselves and we refuse to see our own sins. We tuck them away in the dark recesses of our hearts and we refuse to see them until Christ shines that light into our heart and lights up every dark corner within us. This natural tendency, this desire, this human ability to cover up our sins goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. Their sin had massive implications and repercussions uh, for us today, and they immediately tried to hide from God and to cover themselves. They tried to hide their sins uh, as soon as it happened. We also see how long they were able to hide, and that's not very. Uh, God knew where they were. He knew what was done, and what they tried to hide in the dark, he brought to the light. R.C. Sproul also points out another way that the truth will be brought to the light. It's not just our sins. It's not just our heart. But it's the very truth of God's word. 
the truth of God's word today, it's denigrated, it's laughed at, it's hated, it's disbelieved, it's denied, uh, it's, it's uh, justified away, critiqued away as not being a reliable source of truth, whatever. Whatever can be said to make it that in people's minds and hearts that this is not the very word of God. That's, that's done today. But as the scripture says, in the end, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The truth of God's word will be made known to every single person and every single soul. There will be no more unbelief. There will be no more suppressing the truth. When Christ comes back, all that is done in darkness will be brought to light. And unfortunately, too many will not have come to that realization in time. Too many will not have known the grace and mercy of forgiveness for even their darkest moments, for even their, their darkest sins, even their darkest actions and deeds. They will not know that the light of Christ shines into the darkest corners of our hearts until it is too late. So this is why it's so important to sow that seed and to sow it well. Give it to God and let him bring the, bring the change, bring the light, bring the increase. But we have a responsibility to share that seed with as many people as possible. Discernment is also so very important. Uh, this ties into our own standing before God, but also how to have a right understanding of his teachings. We as followers of Christ, as believers, we are entrusted with the gospel and all that in all that that entails. Uh, this is the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, we are entrusted with that. And we are to go out and proclaim that. But this is also the teachings and the commands of Jesus as well. If we don't rightly understand his teachings and his commands, then I don't think we can rightly understand the gospel. And if we don't rightly understand his gospel, then we have to wonder if we rightly understand what salvation even is. Jesus says in verse 18, he says, Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And for the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. If we say we believe, it will be evidenced by our hearing correctly the teachings of Jesus, and it will be evidenced by our obedience, by our bearing fruit, by our shining light in the darkness of the world around us. The more that we do this, the more God will continue to grow us in him. Proverbs 9, 9, give instruction to a wise man and he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. If you have a desire to learn, a desire to grow, a desire to know, then God will give you those desires. If we think that we believe, but we don't shine that light, we don't hear correctly, that then even what we think we have in the end will not be ours. Notice it does not say what we have will be taken away, but what we think we have will not be ours. The consequences for not being truthful with ourselves and not being truthful about the word of God is that we will not receive the things that we thought we had, namely the gift of God's grace and mercy and salvation. So then Jesus is, after Jesus is done talking, uh, Jesus' mother and his brothers came to see him. Now, it's not without importance to know that this text shows that Jesus had brothers, that he had siblings, that Mary was not 
a virgin her entire life and her entire marriage, but that she had a marriage and she bore children after Jesus. Now, we don't know why or what was, uh, they, were, they came to see Jesus or, or what was going on. We don't know if there was some big family major emergency or if they just wanted to see him, that they hadn't seen him in a while, missed him and wanted to talk. Uh, we don't know why they were there, but what we do know from this text is that they wanted to see and speak to Jesus. The crowd was too big. He was busy. Uh, someone came and told Jesus that they were there looking for him. And he says, my mother and my brothers are those who hear my words and do my deeds. Jesus tells his disciple in other places, if you love me, follow my commands. The point, point of it is this. If you hear and do Jesus's word, then you are Jesus's family. That is, the, that is how we know we are a family of God, is that we hear his teachings and we do what they say. Now here's what this does not mean. This does not mean that you have to disassociate with any and all of your unbelieving family and friends. This does not mean that physical blood family doesn't matter. This does not mean that you can or should only associate with your church family. That would be the definition of a cult, by the way. Uh, what it does mean is that God's call comes above everything else in this world. What it does mean is that we as a church family, we have a connection that binds us together, that sometimes binds us even closer and even tighter than our blood family. We, it may, what it does mean is that we can share and understand certain things, things like baptism, things like uh, certain spiritual growths and, and milestones in our spiritual life. And we can understand those better and deeper than our unbelieving physical family. To be a part of the kingdom of God is to be a part of his family, adopted as a child of God, loved that he gave his son, brought into that family. And in that, our physical blood relation family should see the light of the kingdom of God shining off of us, shining out from us. They should be able to see the work of Christ in our lives. R.C. Sproul says, he says, the point that Jesus is making is simple. He was saying that the light that comes from the word of God is truth. The truth that must never be hidden. We're not to take the word of God as we understand it. And it takes root in our hearts and put it under a cover or hide it under a bed. Rather, we are to put it in a place of prominence where it can be made manifest and where it can be clearly seen to all who are present. We come together. We come together Sunday mornings. We come together more often than that. Uh, but our, our, our church service is Sunday morning. We come together as a church family, as a family of children of God, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And we come together. And what do we have as our connection? We have God as our connection. We have Jesus Christ as our connection. We have the Holy Spirit's work inside of us as our connection. Some of us, we don't have a lot in common other than that. Some of us, we wouldn't know each other or spend time together uh, if not for that connection. But that connection runs deeper than anything else. That connection brings people together uh, in ways that they would not otherwise come together to celebrate things that they would not otherwise know about each other, to, to spend time with people we would not otherwise know and to love those who we would not otherwise care for. The word of God needs, needs to take preeminence in our lives. 
That is what brings us together. The word of God needs to be front and foremost in our life. The Bible that you are holding, the Bible that we have, the Bible that, that, that we read from every week, this is the very word of God itself. These are the words of Jesus. These, this is how we learn more about him. And this is how we learn how to live according to his will and to grow in him, to grow deeper in knowledge and wisdom in him, to grow closer together as a church family, to learn how to love each other better and more, and to how to shine the light outward to those who have not yet come out of the darkness. Psalm 1 and Joshua chapter 1, among many other places in Scripture, exhort us to meditate on His Word day and night. To hear the Word. Believe in it. Think on it. Do it. Do all things as unto the Lord. I, I, that's the, the connection that puts these two passages together. Hear the Word of God and obey the commands of Christ. We are called to have that light inside of us when we hear the gospel, when we receive it on good soil, when we repent and believe, we shine that light. We hear it and we do. We believe and we share it with everyone else. And who is the family of God? Who are his mother and brothers? Who is that? It's those who hear his commands and do them. That is what connects these, these two passages together where otherwise a simple surface reading would show them as two, two completely separate things. But to trust and to obey, to put into action the words of God. I'll finish with the words of one preacher who tells us, like James, that, that we are to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And he says, Hearing is worthless if it does not result in doing. Attention to God's word must be coupled with a willingness to do it, or the truth of it will fade. Has God's word impressed on you that you must forgive? Then do it. Has God's word impressed on you that you must confess a wrongdoing? Do it. Has God's word impressed on you that you must apologize? So do it. Has God's word impressed on you that you must speak the truth regardless of the consequences? Then do it. Has God's word impressed on you that you must discontinue a certain practice? Do it. Has God's word impressed on you that you must make a, a gift? Do it. Has God's word impressed on you that you must bear witness to an acquaintance? Do it today if you can. Has God's word impressed on you that you must leave all to serve him? Do it. Or if you realize that you are a soil other than the good soil, repent and believe without delay. Ask God to put eternal life in your soul today and to produce the fruit of the spirit abundantly in your life. Says that, sums it up. Trust in Christ and obey his commands. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you that you have sown, you have helped us sow good seed onto good soil. You are the one that determines where that soil is and whether we have that soil in us. And we thank you for that. And we pray that you help us to hear you, that we would have ears to hear, that you would help us to discern your teachings and what you are calling us to do to repent and to believe, to trust and obey, to shine our light uh, as high as we can so that everyone would come in and see, to not hide it under a cover, to not hide it under a bed, to love our family and to love our church family, to seek out your calling and your commands above all else in this world 
known through the hearing of your word. Lord, we pray these things that you would help us to drive out any darkness inside of us. You would help to shine a light in the darkness in this world. And that when you come back, we thank you that all that is done in the darkness will come to the light. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Bangor Community Church. You can find us at facebook.com forward slash B-A-N-G-O-R Community Church C-A, all one word. If you would like to connect with Pastor Casey, please hop on over to caseyhelenchuk.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y-H-O-L-E-N-C-I-K.com. Thank you and God bless. Thank you again for listening and joining us on our journey through God's word. If you've listened this far and believe in our ministry or us as a family, please consider partnering with us. We would be honored to know that you are praying with and for us. If you feel compelled to give through financial support, information on how and where to give can be found at caseyholanchik.com slash giving. Thank you and God bless.